If you're frustrated, it's just a sign. Fear is feedback that there is a place within you that needs more love. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with holistic health and wellness coach, my girl, Koya Webb. She says that it's time for you to embrace fear as your feedback. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back. It's 2020, and this is the first episode of a new decade, and I am so excited. I'm super excited because we're kicking off this year like we have for the third year in a row with our Results Not Resolution series. If you're new here, you are in for a treat. This series is going to make you want to go back and listen to them all. I already know, so you may as well click subscribe and just get to it. Now, if you're a purpose chaser or an OG listener, you already know what time it is. You know that at the top of the year, what I love to talk to you about is the difference between being committed and simply interested. See, in this community where we believe that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions, we understand that wealth is about the condition of well-being. But we also know that we can't get to that well-being if we're not going to be committed to getting to it. A lot of people like to talk about being better in these six pillars that comprise all of our lives, but they're not willing to do the work. And we're getting started with the fit pillar which you already know is the foundation for everything at Redefining Wealth. It's all about becoming your best self. And I couldn't think of a better person to introduce you to than my girl, Koya Webb. Now, before I jump in to today's episode, I have to tell you that this one was brought to you by me. Actually, it's brought to you by Purpose to Platform. We are now enrolling. So if you're starting to think about what's next for you when you leave your possibly high paying, but maybe unfulfilling job and have no clue of where to start to build a strong foundation, my business accelerator and mentorship program, Purpose to Platform, may be just what you need. This 20-week online adventure will get you clear on how to package your purpose, communicate your promise to your ideal audience, choose the best platform for your personality and lifestyle, and create a premium offer. You'll have accountability and support in a dynamic community so you can finally make progress and be ready before you even need to pull that trigger on what may no longer be serving you. So book a breakthrough call today at Purpose2Platform.com. That's Purpose, the number two, Platform.com. And let's see if we're fit. Seats are limited and I'd love to serve you. Now, before we dive in, let me formally introduce you to Koya. Koya is a conscious global citizen and heart-centered thought leader. As a sought-after international yoga teacher, holistic health and wellness coach, and motivational speaker, she is revolutionizing the holistic living landscape worldwide. She's known as a transformational specialist when it comes to helping people reach their goals by encouraging sustainable, positive lifestyle changes that maximize their ability to cultivate self-love, lose weight, increase energy, reverse life-threatening conditions, and experience optimal health. 
Her Get Loved Up yoga school and podcast and holistic health community inspires millions worldwide to practice more self-care, unity, and eco-friendly living on a daily basis. Without further ado, here's my girl, Koya Webb. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Koya. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm really excited because you are kicking off this results, not resolution series. And this is one of our most popular series of every year. And I don't think I could have started with anyone better because I got to experience your power for myself. And so... <laughs> Knowing that I got to experience it for myself, of course, my heart is always to share the good stuff and the good people, the good resources with my audience. And so thank you for saying yes, for doing this. Thank you for having me. I have just inhaled everything that you've been doing. And I love that our relationship is getting closer and closer because when you shared with me, I was on your vision board and then we were spending this time together. It just speaks to the results that happen when you set intentions. So I'm just grateful that we attracted each other and we're in each other's lives. And I just love supporting other powerful women like yourself. And I love being supported by other powerful women because it's something to support others as we do, but it's another thing to be supported by another powerful woman. And you are that. So thank you. Girl, wait. So I have to take it back though, because you kind of glossed over it, but I have to make it clear for the audience. So here's the deal, you guys. In 2017, I was cutting out the pictures for my dream journal in preparation for 2018. So I don't always do a big vision board. Sometimes I take the vision board concept and actually put it in my journal because I want to align my daily goals, right? With the things that I say I want. So I put it somewhere that I can carry around with me. So for Fit Pillar, I cut out this woman who has praying hands and she looks to be on the beach and she just looks like, I don't know, just centered and grounded and strong. And I'm like, oh, that represents what I want. Let me cut her out. And I go through 2018, reviewing this every other week or so. 2019, I joined a women's mastermind called Sister Supporting Sisters. I was invited into that mastermind with very high profile female coaches from all over, right? Don't think anything of it. Meet Koya, I think on a Zoom call first, right? And I don't think anything (laughs) of it. We just keep going. It's not until I'm packing up to move from California to Georgia that I'm flipping through my 2018 journal and I see this woman in the fit pillar area and I'm like, I know this isn't Koya. (laughs) This this isn't Koya. So I text you, right? I'm like, Koya, Mm -hmm. is this you? And you're like, girl, yeah, that's me. Where'd you get that from? And the only thing I could say is I manifested you into my life. I manifested you into my life. And when we hung out recently in LA, I was like, I looked over at you during you teaching me some yoga. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the post. This is what's in my Mm. journal. So yes, we, I definitely manifested you. And I know for such a time as this, because you really do represent what I saw when I was attracted to that photo. And now to be able to just text you and call you and get your feedback and support is like, 
ah, like my mind is blown. Okay. It's just blown. So <laughs> let's take it back then to when we did get to hang out. I would love to start with the fact that I love your book starts with a morning prayer. And you also mm-hmm. talk a lot about um, gratitude. And so I know from experiencing it with you that you have a whole morning routine or morning ritual. How did you start doing that? Why is it important and what's included? Mm, such a juicy, good question. I I truly believe that if you if you want results, which I definitely call, if you want to manifest what you want in your life, you really have to, you really have to make a commitment. You know, you really have to know why. Why are you doing what you do? Is, is it because you saw it on Instagram? Is it because someone else is doing it? Or is it because your spirit has called you to do something? Mm-hmm. And you really have to know why you're doing it and what it is you're trying to do, you know? And then if you want results, you got to do the work. And doing the work for me is practicing whatever it is you want to accomplish daily. And then I guess the third thing I would say, you know, if you want results is that you have to practice consistency. You have to consistently show up for yourself. So what I realized over the years as I traveled from a small town girl in Tennessee, I was raising a trailer on some powdered milk and a helping hand. I did not have much going up. What I did have was love for my parents who are still married. Hallelujah. Because we all know (laughs) that that's not common anymore. Right. And my mom used to always take me out into nature to be in nature, to talk to the trees, as weird as that might sound. But it was a connection. I used to go out after a rain and make mud pies, just connect. And I realized that going from that small town girl, running track and field, getting injured, finding yoga and allowing yoga, because I was raised Southern Baptist. I was raised, you know, in the church. But when I start practicing yoga and I connect it with my breath, I realized that, oh, this is a connection with the Holy Spirit. I got every single day. So my, my mission and my goal is to live a healthy and active lifestyle. That, that's my why. You know, and in living a healthy and active lifestyle, hopefully I inspire others to do the same. And so I found myself, especially when I got injured, I found you. I was like, yes, I'm healed. My back is healed. Thanks, yoga. Went back on the track, did my thing, moved out to California. I'm about to go to the Olympics. Got injured again. I stopped doing yoga, of course. I was back on the track, doing my grinding, trying to make it happen, trying to get this gold medal. And then I got injured again. And I was like, you know what? I know what healed me the first time. And I was like, I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to go back to yoga. But this time I was like, now what is it about this that's really doing the work? So I took a yoga teacher training and I learned about how breath is spirit, how we move it through our body to help us heal. I learned about how moving the body in these postures really um, moves the blood, moves the energy, and it helps us maintain our energy. I learned about the importance, and I already knew it was important to pray every day. I learned that, you know, growing up, you know, in the church, but I didn't know that it is the only way to stay in alignment with spirit. 
And so I, once I realized that for myself by going to this yoga teacher training, paying attention to all the energy I was in taking in my body, all of the music, all of the food, all of the thoughts, all of the people, every single thing matters. And so once I realized that, I was like, okay, I'm out in the world. Look, I'm not living in a box. I'm not in an ashram. I'm traveling the world. That's part of my experience. That's what I want to do in this lifetime is traveling the world, be around people, all people. I'm non-judgmental. People that are different than me speak differently, act differently, eat differently. I love it all. I just like experiencing life. So I'm going to get a lot of toxicity coming in on a regular basis. So for me, practicing my morning rituals is very important for me to stay connected to spirit and to stay connected to my purpose on this planet. Because when I go out into the world, there's a lot, there's a lot being introduced. Some of it's mm-hmm. good and some of it's super toxic. And in order for me to stay balanced as a very open human being, doing these morning rituals of yoga, meditation, breath work, healthy eating, I do all these things to keep my body, my mind, and my spirit healthy. So one of the things I know you do is a gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you believe that practicing gratitude actually help, helps us become more fit mentally? I, I believe that gratitude is the number one key to keeping us in alignment with love. One of the books that I read that's made the biggest impact on me is A Course of Miracles that talks about breaking the breaking down the basic two emotions of fear and love and how fear and love can't coexist. I'm not perfect. You know, I get frustrated. I get, you know, discouraged. I get intimidated sometimes. When I first started yoga, I couldn't even touch my toes. I was like very uncomfortable. I was like, this is not for me. I can't do this, right? But when you express gratitude, it raises your vibration from the space of, I can't do this, this is not for me, to I am happy I am alive. I am happy I have an opportunity to go in this class. You see, right in that moment, just my expression of gratitude puts me in a happier state in a vibration of love. So it's one of the main tools that I use in my life and that I, you know, coach my community to use to help get through those gray times, those funks, those times when nothing makes sense and everything is hard because it's going to happen. It's Mm -hmm. part of the human experience. So when you practice gratitude, even if things are purpose, it raises your vibration to a vibration of love and love consciousness and love, abundance, success. All of those are on the same vibration, but fear Um, judgment, rejection, all of those are on that fear vibration. And when you can break it down to to either, is this love or is this fear? It makes it really easy for me. It made it really easy for me to navigate my emotions and navigate Mm -hmm. life. So expressing that gratitude, what it does for your mental health, it just takes you out of that victim mentality and puts you in to that creator mentality. And I I say this in my book, let your fears make you fears. I'm not a victim. I'm a creator. So it's not that things didn't happen to me that Mm -hmm. hurt me. Those things definitely happened, but I chose to make, you know, lemonade out of those lemons. I chose to use, you know, what happened to me 
as a stepping stone instead of a stumbling block. So I think that's what gratitude does. It raises your vibration so that you actually can think about what you want to create. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the love versus fear, the two ways that we can live, right? In the book, you talked about we don't live in one state or or another. So we definitely, we're human. So Mm -hmm. things happen and we can kind of go back and forth. The thing is not to get stuck in that space of living from fear. Because I know personally, like sometimes, Koya, if you call me, girl, I am awesome. Okay. (laughs) I am awesome. I'm on a 10. And other days I am a hot mess completely. Right. But the thing is, not to be stuck in the hot mess or not to be stuck in the anger or the frustration or the fear or the doubt. So you talk a lot in the book about even knowing when you may be living in one space or the other, because sometimes when we say there's two kind of planes, right? One is based in love, the other is rooted in fear. I don't know that people always see their actions as being rooted in fear. Like some people just think, oh, that's just how I am. How do you Mm. distinguish between the two? Like, what are some telltale signs that someone listening right now may be completely living in a space of fear? Oh, such a great question. If... And this is something I have to check myself on every day because I'm not perfect. I am in a practice. I practice these things and me practicing these tools keeps me in a high vibration, but not all of the time. It's most of the time, but I have to, like you said, I got, sometimes I wake up like a hot mess, you know, (laughs) and I have to say, all right, Koya, how can you get yourself in a vibration of love? And number one is that if you're frustrated, if you're frustrated, it's just a sign. Fear is feedback. Fear is feedback that there is a place within you that needs more love. It needs attention. It's like a little child saying, hey, pay attention to me. That's all fear is. So frustration is a form of fear. So what are you frustrated about? I'm frustrated because someone didn't call me or someone didn't do this or I didn't do that or I did it at ABC or do you pick it? But the way to deal with that frustration, even if you don't deal with it right away specifically, is Put yourself in a vibration of love. So number one, you can talk about what you're grateful for in the situation. Well, you know, I'm having trouble in my relationship. Well, I'm grateful I have a relationship. I'm having trouble in my job. I'm grateful I have a job. Whatever it is expressing that gratitude, that gratitude for it. So when I find myself judging another person, that's also feedback. That's a vibration of fear. Why are you judging? Why are you judging a person? No one's perfect. So I ask myself, What is that judgment? What is that reflecting to me? What is making me uncomfortable? And I sit with that and I talk myself through that. You know, I'm happy that I'm around people that are uniquely different. We don't all have to be the same. You know, so whenever you find yourself in any type of emotion that's not love, happiness, joy, abundance, if you feel like I'm lacking, I don't have the money that I want to have. Okay, that's fear. Because we, the truth is we are abundant. And if we believe in oneness, which I do, a lot of us say it, but we don't, mm-hmm. we don't function in it. But if you believe in oneness, you believe that you have access to everything in this earthly plane. Therefore, you're never seeking abundance. You already have it. It's just what vibration you want to manifest it in. You want abundance in relationship. You want abundance in your bank account. You want abundance. And if you want things in different areas, you have to do the work. 
And if you do the work, you're going to get the results. But it takes, you know, that commitment, that consistency. You have to really practice it every single day, whatever you're working towards. And when you feel the frustration, we feel the judgment, you feel the discomfort that lets you know, okay, there's a place in me that needs more love. And you can either address it, that specific thing. Or a lot of times you might need a little space to breathe. And that's when I say you need to fill up your love bank. So in the book, I talk about a love bank. And this is where you make a list and anyone listening can do this. Just make a list of five things that bring you joy, that make you laugh, that make you feel amazing. I love playing with children. I love going outside in nature. I love uh, listening to my favorite music. I love making playlists. I love dancing and I love eating. So that's my five. Everyone write down five things that just make you happy. And so when you're in a funk and you might not be able to address the right thing, you might just say, I feel bad and I don't even know why. Mm-hmm. Pick one of those things because even doing something that you love is going to put you in that, okay, I'm grateful I can eat. <laughs> I'm grateful mm-hmm. I can. And I know we don't get into emotional eating because it's not that type of podcast, but. I'm grateful that I can work out. I'm grateful I can get out of nature. I'm grateful I can play with my kids or whatever it is that brings you joy. Just reach in your love bank and pull out the thing you're going to do. Maybe you like going to the movies and you do that and that's going to put you in a happier state. But if you just go home and you're like thinking about the thing that's frustrating you, you're dwelling in it, you're talking about it, you're ranting about it, you're writing about it, you're telling everybody on social media, you're in this vibration of fear. You're in this vibration of darkness. And you want the light. And so I t- I say as soon as you can, no one's perfect. I've been there. I've been there. You know, my hardest struggle is relationships. You know, I even shared in my book, like the trauma that I've experienced in relationships and, and what I'm still healing from, even after writing my book. And when I get in those dark times, I remember one time I was just crying and I'm like, why? I was so angry. And I went to the movies I went for a swim and I ate my favorite meal and I was fine. I still processed things around it, but I wasn't as dark and I wasn't as angry and I wasn't as upset as I began the day. And then I can talk to my friends or counselors, whatever I need and process the pain. But I think it's really important when you find yourself in darkness, seek the light, seek love, seek those things that put you in alignment, seek prayer, Seek whatever it is that puts you in a space of love vibration. And when you do that, you can process the pain a lot easier. I love that idea of the love bank um, because I think doing the work ahead of time to write it out, it's like be ready so you don't have to get ready, right? Because it's not Mm -hmm. a matter of if something is going to happen. We're human and life is happening all around us every day. So we know resistance will come in one form or another, but if we already have our love bank and our notes, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We don't even have to think about what makes me happy or what gives me joy. We can be like, let me take out my love bank list. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm going to go do one, three, and five, right? And just have that thing or those things that we can lean into immediately. Then we don't have to think about it. We don't have to try to flush it out in the midst of our frustration or our confusion or whatever it is. So I love that concept. Something else that I really like is that you are not one of these people who says, go be fearless, right? Your book title is Let Your Fears Make You Fears. And I love that in the book, you really drive home the point that it's not about eliminating fear. So being fierce in your book is not about eliminating fear. What is being fierce to you? 
being fierce to me is realizing that fear is your friend. Fear is your friend and it's showing you feedback again of what, what places need more love. And so when you're fierce, you, you pay attention to those places. I have an acronym for fierce and for the F it's like, first you get fit mentally, spiritually, and physically. So doing those morning rituals in the morning, which includes journaling, writing down how you feel, expressing yourself, getting it all out. You know, I think that's very important because energetically, when we just leave our frustrations and stuff in our body and say, oh, it's fine. Some of the nicest people in the world suffer from different forms of cancer and cancer is from resentment and things not expressed. And so when I was working with my friend, Nate Anderson, and he was in a hospital bed, stage four non-Hoskins lymphoma, and they thought he wasn't going to make it. And the spirit spoke to me and was just like, took me on a deeper level of taking him through where he had repressed anger mm. and, and, and resentment. And we went there and I had never done it before. Never. This is spiritual alignment, just saying, God, how can I help? How can I be a light in this moment? Because I don't know what to do. I'm about to lose my best friend. We started unpacking all of that resentment and all that pain. He started, you know, talking. And I had been guided as a coach, you know, how to help people heal through that, you know, put the person you resent on a stage and see all these good things happen to them. I have other tools that I use to help people process deep-seated remorse and anger, like sharing, you know, how they feel. I know someone else is like me where they were like, huh? You said put the person you resent, see them on a stage and imagine all these good things happening to them. Yes, this is Ooh, so, <laughs> I know, but I have done it so many times. And again, remember oneness, that person that offended you, you are one. That's your mm. sister. That's your brother. And as toxic as they are, they are still part of you. They're like your hand. You can't cut your hand off. It's part of you. So you have to breathe love into it. Because you're not going to live that, that toxicity, that anger towards them is anger towards yourself because you're connected. Mm. And the thing is, if they don't know about it and you're not able to tell them and communicate and express, which that's a whole nother topic, then that toxicity remains in your body. And it's not hurting them. You know, the quote people say, people hurt you once, but when you relive that pain, you, you hurt yourself again and again and again, every time you relive what that person did for you. And that is toxicity in your body, in your cells, in your DNA. You can pass that down to, through generations. We talk about, you know, generational yeah. trauma. So it's so important in doing the breath work that I do. When I go deep with people, you know, I got the, you know, oh, let's yoga class, do light. But especially in 2020, I'm really taking people through a deeper type of healing that really processes deep-seated resentment, deep-seated pain, generational patterns. I had a two-hour conversation with my brother. I spent two days with my sister, the most amazing time we've ever had in our life. We cried together. We laughed together. We prayed together. We meditated together and we ate together. We danced together. We did. We went through all the emotions, you know, and I think that's so important when you're really healing. And before I tried, but it wasn't time and I had to be patient and I had to do the work and I had to hold space. And I also had to realize that it's not in my time. They don't have to get it even this time. So my brother 
I'm, I feel like I'm connected with him more. My sister I had a hour conversation with my dad and we connected like we never did before, but I know it's because I'm doing the work. I'm having the patient. I'm so showing up as love, non-judgmental, and saying, hearing them, hearing what they have to share, and then sharing what I have to share. And when you do that from a space of love, knowing, looking at a person as you, you're able to forgive them. And as hard as it is, you have to see this person as love, even if they're toxic. And you have to have compassion for whatever they're going through that made them harm you. Hurt people hurt people. We've heard it time and time again. So if someone is hurting, if someone was out on the side of the street, you wouldn't just roll by. You would at least call 911 if you don't get out and help them, you know? Mm-hmm. So people are hurting us in our lives. We can't just drive by. We have to acknowledge that, okay, this person is hurting. And especially if they hurt us, we have to first process that pain. And sometimes processing that pain isn't addressing them right away. Sometimes it's processing. I just had a situation where I spoke up for what was right and it caused a lot of uncomfortability and people to get upset and angry and move. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I know I have to speak up for what's right in 2020. That's my call, Mm -hmm. but it's going to rub some people the wrong way. It's going to make people feel uncomfortable. And I had to process the fact that I am going to say some things that make people uncomfortable when I'm speaking love and I'm speaking truth and people don't want to hear it and people don't want to acknowledge it, but I have to process not being like when I'm a yes girl, I have to process saying no, which I'm not used to doing, but I'm learning. I have to have boundaries. And if it's not working and if it's not in alignment, I have to say no. Mm-hmm. I have to speak up for injustices when I see them, because if you're hurting my brother or my sister, then you are hurting me mm-hmm. and you're hurting you even. And I have to say something because I know better. And when I know better, I have to do better. And if I don't, then I am part of the problem. And I get that. I've known it before, but I think with my continued education, I realized that if I'm not saying anything, who will? Mm-hmm. If I know how to stay in this frequency of love, but I feel like, ooh, but I don't want to make people uncomfortable and oh, they're not going to like me if I say this. If not me, then who? And if not now, then when? And I really, after I got back from Egypt this year, my answer was like, sis, you are going to speak up and it's going to be hard and you're going to get some, some, you know, you're going to get some clap back, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. you have to be strong and you are strong enough. You know, I've built a solid foundation doing this work first, healing myself. And now I, if I want to be a leader, I know that I have to stand up when it's not comfortable, when I'm all by myself and I just got to sit with it. Yeah. This is so good, Koya, but it it really takes me back to the very beginning with the morning rituals. Like, I really do believe that the discipline in that area is where so many of these divine downloads come from. When Mm -hmm. you're taking time to be still, to pray, to journal, to meditate, to truly self-reflect without self-judgment, because sometimes we self-reflection turns into some form of self-judgment if we're not careful. but identifying the limiting beliefs we might have about possibly speaking up. And then, well, what will people say? Like being able to have those quiet times when you can work all of that out and get back to what your core values say, what your convictions are. To me, that really is the foundation in being 
mentally and physically fit. Because if you're not taking that time up front, where does this come from? It doesn't come in the busyness of the long to-do lists and running from one thing to the next. I don't think. I don't, I haven't had a great divine download (laughs) while I was just (laughs) racing from thing to thing. You know, like most of the time, this clarity and the strength to stand in it comes from that time that I spend in the morning. For me, it's a morning time. Some people will say, oh, I'm not a morning person or I don't get up early or I don't have time. And I love in the book, you said, discipline is not a punishment. Sometimes I think people think, oh, I have to get up earlier to do that. I have to get up another 20 minutes earlier to sit and be quiet and journal. And, but look at what comes out of it. The fruit is too good to ignore. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the name of my chapter is there is freedom and discipline. It depends on how people are looking at discipline because discipline is not perfection. I don't wake up every day and do the exact same thing every (laughs) single day. I mean, my morning ritual list is 12 things, you know, including journaling and water and smoothie and meditation and breath work and maybe gym and maybe walk in nature and maybe listen to the music. Now it's about three or four that I'll make sure that I do every day, but every day is different. And I feel that if we stop trying to be perfect and just do the best we can, if you can't do your yoga practice, maybe just wake up and breathe. If you can't do meditation, maybe just journal how you're feeling, you know? So even if you did one thing to process your emotions every single morning, that's a start. Just one thing, writing down how you feel, or just one thing, going outside or looking at something calming, or just one thing, listening to relaxing music. Just one thing. It's, that's a start. And then the better you feel, you're going to start adding things to that. And I give a lot of examples. I tell people, you don't have to do everything that I do, but do whatever resonates with you. And you're absolutely right. When I first, when I had my first divine download, I was actually in the car after my morning rituals and just this flood of information mm-hmm. just start coming. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness, I need to write this down. I do make time like in the middle of the day when I feel like I'm tired. I just Mm -hmm. close my eyes and breathe. If I'm in a lot of traffic and I'm getting sleepy because I am running, I will pull over. And then at night before I go to bed, I'll share how grateful I am as well. At night I do a brain dump and I don't like to take any negative energy or vibration with me to bed. So I'll just write down how I'm feeling. And why I'm feeling that way and just do my gratitude practice at night. If I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm not in a, in a healthy space or I feel like I'm not able to go to sleep. A lot of people have insomnia, but if they would just write down how they're feeling and process that energy, they would be able to go to sleep a lot better. So I think it's really important. And I would say check in with yourself in the morning, around noontime, around that lunch break time. And then before you go to bed, check in with your emotions and how you're feeling. The more you're able to write that down, even if you're not a journal person, you can write it in the notes of your phone. I'm mm-hmm. totally on that tech savvy and I definitely write a lot in the notes on my phone, but I also journal and use a planner as well because there's nothing like putting pen to paper. But the more that you process your emotions, the better you'll feel, the more you'll be in that vibration of love, the more you're going to be able to see those results, the more you're going to be able to manifest, but you have to constantly come back to your rituals and routines. And if you're consistently doing your breath work, doing your journaling, doing some type of yoga practice in the morning, 
I just give a couple poses. And if you're Mm -hmm. not into yoga, you could just stretch. If you're not into stretching, you could just go for a walk in nature. There's so, or you can dance. There's so many different options. I share my playlist in the book so you can wake up and just move around. Whatever it is that brings you joy, that's what you want to do. So it's not about being like someone else or it being perfect. Really, the best thing is to look at all different types of, um, connection with your own spirit and finding what feels good for you. And it's very intuitive. And I feel like if we gave ourselves permission more to not judge anything, but just observe and then try different things out and see, huh, that really does make me feel good. Yeah. I feel a lot lighter. Then I think that it would, it would be an easier experience, especially when you're first getting started, just have an open mind and an open heart. I never would have been where I am now if I didn't have an open heart to trying things that were a little bit different than how I grew up. And when I started trying those things, some things were in alignment and some things were like, oh no, I don't vibe with that. And so I just kept the thing. (laughs) That's me walking in nature. The first day I saw a snake (laughs) on the trail, I was like, you know what? Nature walks are not for me. (laughs) That's not my thing. All of these sounds going on out here. This is not what I do. I'm scared to death. However, (laughs) these poses that Koya has put in her book that I can do, like my stretching, I got a yoga mat in my prayer room now, Koya, you'd be happy to hear. And I've been, you know, (laughs) and you're on YouTube and all that stuff. There's so many ways to do it. And I love that you just said, give yourself permission to try Mm -hmm. because I really think that not having a practice, whether that's journaling or meditating or praying or whatever it is, is why people get on social media and cut up. You need a better outlet, sis. <laughs> you need a better outlet. Like this is journal material. This is not for public consumption. Like everything is not for public consumption. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I cannot with the keyboard warriors. Like I, I mean, I like to inspire and, you know, I got a coaching, I got, you know, coaching that I do and I do the yoga school and the teacher training. And if you want to go deep with me, you got to have to come in person. Cause first I need to feel your spirit and where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really need to go from a very deep place of let's practice first and then process. And that's how I roll, even in, in my trainings. But if you're trying to process and you just write and you haven't had a practice, then you don't know you're attacking someone, which could be a projection, which most of the times it is, right? Mm-hmm. And you haven't been able to process those emotions on your own. And that can be very toxic for the person that you're kind of lashing out at or writing with. And so I don't do much of that myself online. I'm sure there'll be more in 2020 since I'm being called to, to you know, activate my throat chakra and, and speak up about different things that we can do to make a difference and, you know, raise the vibration to love. But also I plan on just sharing a lot of material online on YouTube, on Get Loved Up University, my membership site, and just sharing so that I can point people in a direction when I get exhausted. Because that's yeah. one thing that we have to remember as light workers that we are not meant to do it all. And the more I love social media, and I know it's hard because you have this dark side of social media and you have the light side. And I know it's not easy to always navigate always in the light. I mean, you're, it's going to get dirty. We're going to go dark. But look at nature. In nature, every day we have light and we have dark. So why would we expect anything different in the world? Mm. it's always going to be there. It's not going to be eradicated. We just have to learn to be the sun in the day and the moon at night. We could still be the light and we don't have to be perfect. But I think practicing 
What does it look like for me to breathe love in each situation? What does it look like for me to be loved in each situation? And if we ask ourselves that over and over and over again, we'll find it. We'll be guided. We'll be divinely guided, as I would say, in the right direction. So I think that when we start looking at, you know, doing these practices and like, oh, these these people coming at me, these haters, this, this and that, <laughs> we have to remember it's just toxicity. Don't take it personally. Stand your ground. Speak in love. Don't let yourself get toxic. Because see, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. It's like people come at us and then we get toxic because, you know, it's contagious. Toxicity is contagious. And so someone Stay brought, in your practices. You know, your practice. you have to. It's like someone, <laughs> it's like, think of your body as a house. And someone just kind of brought their dirty, muddy shoes in your house. Didn't take the shoes off. <laughs> and so on your white carpet that you just, you just, did your morning routine and your rituals and your meditation, your prayer, and you good. But then someone walk in with all this toxicity and you might be trying to hold space. It might be at you and you have to have enough practice to be like, so first of all, wait boundaries. Let me see how much of this I can process right now. <laughs> and let me see how much this is going to have to wait for later. And let me see if I have a number for you, you know, because, you, <laughs> and I think this is important because especially for people who are givers and lovers, like I know you are, like I know I am, we do have to practice boundaries because you want to help. You want to be there for everyone, but there, we do have a limit to how much we can take on. So you have to realize that, you know, being there for someone and allowing someone to walk all over your carpet with dirty shoes is two different things. Yeah. You know, you have to create a boundary that keeps yourself, you know, you know, not overwhelmed by toxicity. That's good. Oh, Koya, that's good. There's so many gems in Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. And obviously in following you on social media, which we'll link to in the show notes. Before I let you go, sis, I have to ask you these redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. So a few questions. You're just going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. How do you define success? Oh, this success is just living in a vibration of love in everything that I do. Love it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Oh, that's such a good one. How do I define wealth? To me, wealth is is an abundance in love. Abundance in love. Good job. Most people have to like start with eight words and then cut it down to three. <laughs> abundance in love. That's, that's good. Three. <laughs> yes. What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? Mm. Lisa Nichols, Abundance Now. Ah, yes, my girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love her. the last question, it's really fill in the blank. So you're going to say, my name is, and the truth about wealth is. My name is Koya, and the truth about wealth is, it's available at all times in all places. Amen. I love it. Thank you so much, Koya, for kicking off 2020 with me. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for creating this beautiful community and platform for people to be seen and heard. Like like I said, I appreciate being lifted up by you. And I think we all want to be loved. We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. All right. Well, was this not a great kickoff 
to the Results Not Resolution series, I am so incredibly blessed to be in community and relationship with Koya. I just adore her so much. And I know that you took so much away from this episode. So Koya is even in our Purpose Chaser community, right? So if you want to chat with Koya or hear more about what she has to say or ask her any questions, make sure that you're in the Purpose Chaser community where you can just get more of her. I'm going to link to her Instagram handles and to her website and all that stuff in the show notes. Make sure you go and tell her what result you are going to get by committing first and foremost to that morning practice because we need the practice in order to carry through with processing these emotions and the different things that we go through. And I truly believe without the practice and the processing, it's going to be very difficult to walk into the prosperity that you desire. I think a lot of people blow their opportunities before they can even walk into them because they haven't learned to process. And so they process at the wrong time, sometimes with the wrong people, on the wrong platforms, hint, hint, in the wrong ways. And you know, when we talk about people pillar, we always say here that there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. But who are they watching you be, right? And when you're not taking the time and getting the discipline to really stick to that practice, it really does impact so many other parts of your wealth building capacity. It really does. So One thing I want you to be committed to so that you can get the results you want, not just set resolutions for yet another year. I want you to figure out that morning routine and I want you to give yourself permission to test different things, to try different things, to test and tweak until you find the rhythm that works for you and feels good for your spirit, all right? So that's your first takeaway for 2020, brand new year, brand new decade. And I am so excited that I get to serve you on this journey. Hit me up in social media. I'm at Seek Wisdom CW. That's Seek Wisdom PCW. Love to hear more about it. Again, if you're not a purpose chaser, you should be a purpose chaser. And I am a purposechaser.com. Let's talk about what we're doing in the Fit Pillar channel to really create some results this year. Um, And as always, my goal for you is that you live your life's purpose, you find fulfillment, and you earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.